for <clears throat> wishing all the fathers a happy Father's Day today. And uh, the crowd isn't quite as large as it is when Mother's Day. But <clears throat> without fathers, there would be no children. I, I hadn't figured this out. These same-sex marriages <clears throat> don't produce children. They want to raise a family. they got to go back to the normal to get some offspring. Now, that's profound, isn't it? Amen. Brother Looper just barely touched the surface on his dad. I knew his dad a long time before he did. And he was all of that and a whole lot more. And uh, yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure, but I think my wife is getting everything ready for the long haul because she's cleaning out stuff, giving stuff away. Probably, Brother Carl, Sister Renee, y'all probably got enough stuff to keep you busy for months to come. And she... Cleaning out and getting ready to think. Thank you, there, Aaron. I appreciate it. And uh, I thought that I had lost my dad's Bibles uh, when the uh, other building burned, but evidently I had taken some out. And she found, she brought down a Bible that was my dad's, that was given to him by Brother Jimmy and Sister Blanche Lyle, which were not any kin to Lionel Lyle from over in Louisiana. But it was some of the earliest members of the church there in Miami, Florida, that my dad pastored. My dad moved to uh, Miami. My, our whole family moved us down there in 1939. <clears throat> and uh, I was born in 1937. Me and Brother Pete is just about the same age. He's a little bit younger than me. Not as good looking now, but a little bit younger. But uh, <clears throat> this this Bible was uh, presented, it says in here, presented to Brother G.D. Duplessis on October the 29th in 1941. And that is... Uh, what my brother and sister Lyle in Miami, Florida. Uh, what is that, 79 years ago? And this book is still good today. April, it's so good. Isn't that April back there? Boy, I'm doing good, April. I can see all the way back to about the sixth bench back there. Good to see Bonnie and Ricky. And uh, I think I saw, didn't I see Summer come in? And, and uh, I can't. Justin, and Justin, yeah, I don't recognize him with the hair all over his face, but <laughs> I don't know why. Vincent, why do y'all wear all that hair? <laughs> you know, I don't think that's fair. I can't even grow it on my head, and y'all grow it all over your face. But anyway, I'm glad you come. You'll get you'll get the message after a while. 
Amen. Now, I don't know why Brother Looper asked me to preach this morning, but he did. So you know what you're going to get. You're going to get honesty. Now, he gives you honesty, but I give you a little more than honesty. <laughs> My dad was so... he. I, there was uh, five of us boys, five male boys, men. They were men. They, they all... Now, they raised, some of them raised, but that's a different story. But anyhow, when my dad passed away, and uh, he didn't leave us any money, and didn't leave us any property, didn't leave us, but he did teach us to work, uh, and gave us, told us, if you're going to have anything, you're going to work for it. And and, and I'm, 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 I'm inherently lazy. I don't like to work. And uh, I don't know of anybody that really, I think James, Brother James likes to work. Either that or he likes to do it and get out of the house. I'm not sure which, but, <clears throat> but uh, anyhow, we decided to divide up our inheritance. And uh, my dad had a, a lot of tools. And uh, he had made a, a tool, he had built a toolbox. And, and uh, one, one thing, my dad left me this. I, I, I'm going to have to get, leave this with uh, my, he is my son. Because my son uh, doesn't, doesn't want this, evidently. If he did, I told him this morning. Invited him to church, and he said, well, I don't know. I, I said, I know you're not allowed to come, but no, he said, that ain't the problem. I know what the problem is. He married a wife, or married a woman, and uh, so I don't have anybody to let. I'm going to leave it. With, now, I did give Brother Looper my Bible that I've used for years here, and, and he's got it. But anyhow, this toolbox, uh, my brother had it and he left it with with Dewey Allen. Dewey Allen's an idiot. And uh, anybody that gets on drugs is an idiot. Now if you're on drugs, that's the only thing I can say. You're not very smart. And you got a problem. And now now this is Father's Day and a father has to be honest with his children. And uh, you know, uh, Jacob Asked me the other night, and I, he's one of our newest babies. He said, "Can I? It'd be okay if I call you pa, what? What? Paw Paw? Can I call you Paw Paw?" I said, "Sure." Brother Stephen, Sister Gayla's daughter, when she was born, first thing she learned to speak, she called me. She couldn't say Duplessis, but I became Paw Paw P. And uh, now her daughter Faith is calls me Paw Paw P. So I've been here a long time, and, and I can be like a father to a lot of you. I told Sister Shirley when her mother and dad passed away that I'd be, I could be her dad. And, but anyhow, my dad left me this book. I ended up with it. My brothers, we were dividing up. I was going to tell you this. Anyhow, I got this toolbox, and, and it had been set out on a porch and weathered and all that. And uh, I got Brother James to uh, 
uh, refurbish it and and fix it up and 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 it is, and I've I've still got that toolbox and I appreciate Brother James doing that for me. It's what my dad left me. My dad was uh, he passed away in 19 on June the 11th, which was just a few days ago, in 1954. And I wasn't privileged uh, to have a dad uh, when I, in, in my teenage years. But uh, he put something in me, and I thank God for it today. And uh, my dad was a, you, you didn't wonder what he believed or what he preached. He uh, believed that there was one God. And his name was Jesus. And he believed that you must be born again. He left this to me. He, he, he would say, if I thought I had an ounce of Trinity blood in me, he said I would want to have a blood transfusion and all of my blood taken out and put one God blood in me. And, uh, and I was looking at this in this old Bible the other day, and uh, I, I noticed there in the book of First Thessalonians that half of the uh, page was missing, and there's a lot of uh, uh, scriptures and a lot of my dad's handwritings in this Bible, and uh, Schofield, and this is a Schofield, now, now for what it's worth, you, you do what you want to, you, and you're going to do what you want to anyhow. But, but I'm going to tell you, you don't need a, a Bible that has all of these different uh, translations. Now, if you're just doing it for study, fine. But you need to stay with just the one translation, the King James Version, and that's all that you need. And, uh, but my dad was so, uh, one God. He, somebody said, you're Jesus only. He said, no, we're Jesus everything. Amen. And, uh, Schofield, uh, in some of his, uh, interpretations, and, and, and if you have a Schofield Bible, you can find it in, in the, uh, first Thessalonians and the fifth chapter in the bottom of the page. See, one thing about Schofield, no matter how, what size the Bible was, all of them are, on, are the very same. And Schofield said, man is a trinity. And my dad, and I wondered why that half of the page was missing here. And that's the only reason I could come up with. He, he was so one God that he tore out half of the page where Schofield was saying that man is a trinity. Of course, in the 23rd verse, it said, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that, that's what to the Apostle Paul in writing in his church at Thessalonica. But uh, I thank God uh, of what my dad left me. Now, <clears throat> that, that night, one night, I don't remember the year, but I was leaving that, when we got through dividing up the tools that my dad had left behind. He had all kind of carpenter's tools and, and all. 
And what we would do, one, my oldest brother, Rudy, he would pick a tool, then Josh would pick one, then dude would pick one, then I'd pick one, then Larry would pick one. The girls didn't get to pick because they didn't count. And, uh, you know, I thought about that a while ago when Brother Looper was talking about uh, uh, what his dad would do to get people stirred up about uh, a wife uh, should be subject to her husband. You know, the church is divided on this issue. There's 50-50 on this. All the men believe it and all the women don't believe it. That, that's just the way it is. But, but anyhow, I was, uh, as soon as we got through dividing up the tools, in fact, I was in a big hurry because I was going to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd met a blonde-headed girl up there and I wanted to see her real bad. And I wanted to leave that night and head to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I, I, I told my brother, I said, y'all hurry up and get rid of these tools. And I got, but somehow I ended up with this Bible and I thank God for it today. And, and, uh, and I thank God that my dad put it in my heart and my life. And I believe it not because he said it, because he taught me what the word of God was infallible and it was true. And no man can change the word of God. And he said, if you change one word in this, then your name is going to be taken out of the book of life. And I want my name to be in the book of life. And so I thank God for what he and, and he, he preached and he believed this, that there was one name uh, whereby we all could be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, and uh, that. Water baptism was essential to your salvation in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And, and uh, you know, I, I listen to a lot of people as they quote Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission. And, and about 75% of the people say for the remission of your sins. They don't say that. It just says for sins. That's everybody's sins. Praise God. So... Uh, what my father left me uh, is invaluable, and and it is enduring. Uh, 1941, the World War II, and this was in October, had not yet begun. Uh, the United States was not yet in uh, in in the war. I know war in Europe was going on, but uh, that that has endured up through today. The word of God is forever true, and and I thank God for it today. And uh, if you look on these uh, uh, windows, I, I, I want to give you some scripture here if I can find it real quick. Uh, if, if you want to look at them, Acts ten forty four, Acts two thirty eight, Acts four twelve. John 3 and 3 and 5, Luke 24, 44, 47 through 49, Ephesians 4 and 5, Isaiah 9 and 6, Hebrews 11 and 6. That, that's on these uh, windows here. When we were building this building and uh, the man that made the glass windows, uh, I had him put these in because it tells you he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then it goes on to tell you how to be, uh, uh, to repent. And it tells you how to be baptized. And it tells you how to receive the Holy Ghost and how to live for God. 
So uh, that's what my father left me, and I was not as fortunate as uh, Brother Looper, uh, but he was right about one thing. We do have some wonderful discussion, me and him do, and uh, one thing about it, I'm always right, and he wants to be right. Uh, and uh, But there's one thing that I do not do. I do not tell him how to run the church. Anything that has more than one head is a freak. And a church has only one head. Amen. And that's the pastor. And Brother Looper is our pastor. And I believe that God has sanctioned this by his blessings and what he has uh, done for us. And so he is the father of the church. Amen. Of course, he let me stay here, and I'm, I'm thankful he did. There, there's some churches uh, when the old pastor leaves, uh, 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 you know, you get too old. You get too old. After a while, you get old enough. You can't, uh, you can't do like you used to do. Uh, <clears throat> he was talking about those old chivalries. Maybe I ought not to tell this, but you'll know what I'm talking about. And how that the the motor and some of those later models. Uh, we didn't have enough power to keep it going. Well, I'm going to tell you, the older you get, the weaker your motor is. Amen. And the radiator starts leaking, and you have all kinds of problems. And, and uh, that's what happens when you get old. You say, oh, you ought not. Well, I know what I ought not to do and what I do is something else. Do I have everybody's attention? I want you to understand one thing. Now I've got your attention. This virus is not a mistake. It is a, and I preached this here a while back, this is a wake-up call for the closing out of this age. This is a wake-up call to the church. This is not a time to act like that I can kind of hang on the fringes of the church. I can get a little bit involved. It's time to get in it 100%. We are come to the place. You see, when they started laying out these orders, they were not laws. And, and, and you do what you want to. And I, I'm doing what I want to. Because, you see, I believe God's taking care of me. And if he's ready for me to go, he'll come and get me. And he gets ready for you to go, he'll come and get you. And you can't do a thing in the world about it when it comes your time. Do what you want to. I want to live as long as I can. I I, I want to live to be a 100, and I hope you never die. But it ain't going to work that way. Uh, They they told me Sister Powell turned 101. That, that's marvelous. But I'm going to tell you something. God has brought us to where we are. And, and, uh, in, in second, th- and I don't, you don't have to stand because I'm going to read some scripture and I'm going to read a lot of scripture here. My old, my old motor is, is really, uh, slowed down. I, I can't exert myself, uh, and, and, and make it. I, I, I want to take a nap about twice a day. About six hours for each one of them. And, and uh, because that's my motor. It, it slowed down. But uh, God has brought us to a place where I'm trying to talk to you. That, that's what God's trying to do, trying to wake us up. 
trying to get us ready. Because, and he said he's coming back. Believe me, he's coming back. We, we've, Brother Looper has preached, I don't know, three or four funerals here in the last few weeks. And, and, and I've, I've helped with some of them. And, and I've been to the cemetery and I've looked at, at the tombstones and all. Those graves are soon fixing to open up. And, and I'm going to tell you something. He's coming back for a church that's made itself ready. Now then, do you want to get prepared? Do you want to be ready? And, and he said, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as, upon a tra- as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. They're saying peace and safety. You can do this and that'll keep you safe. And you can do that and that'll keep you. There ain't nothing going to keep you safe but the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to keep you safe, protect you. And if God gets ready for you, you can do everything you want to. You can hide under your bed. Amen. Oh, Biden, he can stay in the, in the basement of his house. But when God gets ready for him, he's going to come and get him. When God gets ready for you, he's going to come get you. So I want, to sh- I want to show you something, and this isn't new, and, and I've, I've uh, uh, preached this uh, a lot of times, but uh, I just felt like doing it again this morning. I, I don't know why I, I, tore, I, wrote, I, I cut this out of a newspaper. Uh, it was a headline in a newspaper in, in big red letters, and it said, Don't wait until it's too late. And, and we don't want to wait, church, until it's too late to get ready to meet God. Now, there's nothing that says that you're going to live long enough to be here when the, when the Lord comes back. Nothing says that you're going to do that. You don't have a guarantee. I get up and I pray every morning <clears throat> as, I, as I do my walking and, and I'm praying. I'm talking to God. I'm asking God. And I thank God for, for every day that he gives me. And, and every day that I have, God gave it to me. I don't deserve another day. And I thank God every day for the good health. I'm, I'm thankful for the health that I have and, and the good health that I have. And I'm healthy as I am. I'm, I'm not all that healthy, but I'm kind of healthy. Amen. I've got sugar diabetes. I've got blood, high blood pressure. I'm bald-headed. And, 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 but I'm not overweight. Well, I may be a little bit overweight. Uh, I went down from 249 to 182. So, so uh, uh, I'm doing pretty good. But uh, anyhow... I'm, 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 I'm blessed, and I thank God for it. Now, in the fourth chapter, I believe the fourth chapter in the, uh, in the book, of, uh, if I believe, anyhow, when Paul was writing to the Corinthians, he said there are 10,000 instructors, but there are few fathers. But I'm thankful for the heavenly father that I have today. I thank God for the men that took me under their wing and, and, and became a father to me. I thank God for... Uh, Brother H.B. Morgan, who was a father to me when my father passed away. I was 17 years old, and, and he gave me a lot of uh, uh, direction. And then Brother Dunn and Brother Morgan were very good friends with my dad. Uh, and my dad always said that if anything happened to him, he wanted either Brother Morgan or Brother Dunn to take the church there in Miami. And Brother Morgan was there for a few years, and then Brother Dunn was there. And... Uh, Brother Dunn took me under his wing and, and gave me some uh, a wonderful advice and some wonderful instruction. But my dad uh, gave me this, put it, put it in my heart, 
that there is but one God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I thank God for it. So I said all of that, and I'll, I'll try not to keep you very long. It's 10 minutes after 11. Give me a little while here this morning, and I want to talk to you and, and bring you up to date as to where we are. Now, let me assure you of one thing. There's nothing in this book that is, that is false, that is haphazard, that is maybe true. It is 100% true. And I'm going to show you how true it is. This is reading from the book. Don't bother to stand because it's rather lengthy, and I want to read all of it. In Daniel 9 and 20, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision and the beginning being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications and the commandments came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. That's through the 24th verse of the ninth chapter. And he said, 70 weeks are determined. Now, look at this 70 weeks. There, there are 69 of those weeks that have already taken place. There is one week that is left, and that is the 70th week of Daniel. But let me read the rest of this. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment, this is what the angel is saying, to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks, the city, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood under the end of the war. Desolations are determined. Verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. In the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And the overspreading of abomination shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Let me explain this. Now, a lot of you have preached this before and you've heard it. Some of you maybe don't read. You may read it and don't follow up on it. These are weeks, or more accurately, sevens of years. Seventy weeks of seven years each. The seventy weeks are divided into seven equals 49 years. Sixty-two equals 434 years. One equals seven years. All right, the seven weeks which was 49 years, was a period of time 
from when the angel of God gave this message to Daniel the prophet unto the time that Ezra and Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem and they built the wall, they rebuilt the streets, they rebuilt the temple. There was 49 years exactly from the time of this message was brought by the angel of God unto to Daniel to the time of the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem. That's 49 years. That, that's seven weeks. That leaves 62 years. 62 equals 434 years. One equals seven years. And I've, I've, this seven weeks, 49 years, Jerusalem was rebuilt in tre- 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 tribulous times. This was fulfilled in Ezra and Nehemiah. 62 weeks, 434 years, was from the time that the city was rebuilt unto the coming of Jesus Christ. 434 years. Now, God is very explicit as the angel of God gives this message to Daniel to give to you and I today. All right? 434 years, 62 weeks, and 7 weeks. What does that leave? That leaves one seven-week period, the 70th week of Daniel. The date of the crucifixion, it's it's not fixed, uh, but it talks about, well, let me go back a little bit. This was fulfilled at the birth of Christ. Verse 26 is obviously an indeterminate. The date of the crucifixion is not fixed. It is only said that after three score and two weeks, then the destruction of the city, which was fulfilled in A.D. 70, when Antiochus Epiphanes went into Jerusalem and they offered a pig on the altar there in the temple of God to desecrate the temple. But... That, that is what took place. Then the end of the period, which is not fixed, which is already, that period of time was not determined. It has lasted for over 2,000 years. We don't know when the 70th week of Daniel will come. But believe me, there is a 70th week of Daniel that is yet to be fulfilled. If the angel was right, when he prophesied about the seven weeks and then the 62 weeks, and history has proven it to be true, then what about the last seven-week period? I'm telling you, the Bible is correct, and it's true, and it's right. Amen. And we are seeing a forerunner of the things that can take place. You say, oh, it would never happen. When they told you you couldn't come to church, you didn't come to church. I'm not criticizing you for it. You didn't do it because you were afraid. I understand that. I was afraid myself. Amen. Because of this uh, pandemic, because of this virus, this deadly disease, amen, that is on the earth. But where is our backbone when they stand and say, you cannot come, you cannot worship, you cannot praise God, you cannot do what you want to do. What are we going to do? We best have enough of God in our heart, in our soul, in our life, that we can stand and say, you can take this body 
but you can't take my soul and I'm going to live for God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to pray in the name. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. Oh no, that never happened. The three Hebrew children was there and he's, the king said, make me a statue. And at the sound of the trumpet, bow down. Everybody bow down. Everybody has got to obey. No, we don't. We don't have to obey them. Amen. Everybody. There was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had different names. I, I can't pronounce them anyhow. But they told the king, we're not careful. We don't mean to be disrespectful. But we're not careful. We're not going to bow down. Do what you want to. But you don't understand. I'm going to throw you in the fire that is heated seven times hotter than anything's ever been heated before. You're going to bow down or you're going in the fire. Now let me tell you something. God never promised us that we wouldn't go in the fire. He never told us that we wouldn't have to go through the fire. But I'll tell you what he did. He said, I'll go with you. I'll go with you always, even to the end of the world. He, I'm going to tell you, this fire, it got so hot that the people that threw him in the fire, the fire killed them. Amen. But oh... The old king went up there, and the next morning, he didn't want to do it, but he had to because he had already passed. You know, the law of the Medes and the Persians was once the law was passed, it couldn't be changed. And he went up there the next morning, and he looked in there, and he said, Didn't I throw three men in, in, in that fire? And they said, Yeah. He said, Then why do I see four men unharmed and are walking around in there? Amen. Why do I see four in there? One looks like the Son of Man. Amen. That old king, he didn't know what the, the Son of Man looked like. Amen. But God gave him a vision. Amen. That I'm going to be with my people and I'm going to take care of them. Let me tell you this this morning, church. God will take care of you. God will watch over you. Amen. And if it's time for you to go, He's got a better place for us to go. And He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you can be there too. And thank God for it this morning. You believe in one God, you do well. Amen. The world is not going to change. Amen. What our faith and our hope and our trust in God is. Now let me ask you, who's right and who's wrong? Was the angel right? The seven weeks? Amen. Forty-nine years from the time that Daniel received this message from the angel of God until the rebuilding of the wall. Four hundred and thirty-four years later, Jesus Christ came on the scene. Amen. Came to save men from their sins. I thank my God, amen, that He died on a cross and paid the supreme price. Amen. How often do I have to go back, amen, and get and live by the grace of God, amen, the favor of God that I didn't deserve, that I haven't earned, amen, and I've got to go back daily and die daily and bring my sins before God and ask God 
Amen. To forgive me of my failures. And God in His mercy and His love has answered my prayer. Amen. Has restored that spirit of grace and mercy within me. And I thank Him for it. Revelation 13, it is 22 minutes after 11. Hang with me. Praise God. The 70th week of Daniel. When is it coming? If the angel was right on the first seven weeks, do you believe he was right? How many of you believe he was right? If he was right on the 62 weeks, 434 years later, Jesus Christ came into the world to save men from their sins. He was right. Why isn't he right with the seven weeks that are left? There is a seven-year period. I'd like to just tell you about it. But you think that I'm making it up. I want to read you from the Bible. Amen. This Bible, thank God that Jimmy and Blanche Lyle, Sister Lyle was Brother John's sister, which was, sister, you remember Sister Seal? Sister John's was her mother. Amen. That, that goes, there's a lot of story there. Praise God. But he's true today. If he was true up to then, why isn't he true when we talk about the 70th week of Daniel? I stood up on the sand of the sea and saw a beast Rise up out of the sea. This is Revelation 13. Having seven heads and ten horns. And there's a lot of, uh, translate, a lot of, uh, 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 interpretation here. You can believe what you want to. I, I, I heard, and I don't understand about one percent of it. I wish I could take, but, but there's some of it that is so explicit, that is so easy to understand. There's coming a 70th week. There has got to be that last week that's going to come. What's going to happen in that last week? I'm going to read it to you. Having seven heads and ten horns, upon his horns ten crowns, upon his heads is the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him the power and his seat, great authority, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded, to death, can, can I just interrupt here and, and give you what is universally considered? I don't know if it's true or not, but this is a theory. Our form of government comes from the Roman Empire. Our Senate our Congress, our president, our type of government is a offshoot of the Roman empires. They had senators. They had, they had all of that. They died. That image died. But it came back to life with our form of government today. That's what I've heard. I don't know. And they worshipped the dragon and gave power to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. What is that? 
three and a half years. Oh, wait a minute. We're talking about the 70th week. That is seven years. Six of those years. Uh, uh, three and a half of those years. Read on. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy was against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. It was given unto him to make war with the saints, overcome them. Power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, the book of Revelation is not written in chronological order, and, and, and it give one interpretation, one, one uh, definition, and then it'll move to something else. But, but let me read it. Verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, and whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and power to do uh, deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of all those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed, and he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Seventieth week. The seventieth week of Daniel. You can put your head in the sand like the ostrich. You can say it ain't going to happen. Why did it happen with 69 other weeks and it won't happen in the 70th week? It's coming. So what we need today is an old-fashioned, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, divine healing, walk-with-God revival. If you've been thinking about getting right with God, it's time to get right with God. If you've been thinking about making heaven your home, it's time to make heaven your home. I didn't make this up. Amen. My dad preached this 79 years ago. I've been preaching it for over 50 years here in Sealsby, Texas. The 70th week is coming. It's time to get right with God. You can't buy and you can't sell. Oh, that don't, don't, that won't happen. How many of you tried to buy toilet paper a month ago? <laughs> toilet paper. A very crude, I, I tell you what, I think it's probably the best invention they've had in the last hundred years. Thank God for toilet paper. Amen. How many of you tried to buy any? You go in the store. I was in the store the other day. You can buy it now. But they had a sign up there at, 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 Lowe, at uh, uh, Sam's in Beaumont. One, uh, what do they call it, crate, what? One case, you know, one package per customer. 
I went, I went to the dollar store, and the guy was putting out paper towels. And I said, you don't have any toilet paper? He, he, he kind of likes me. He's a nice guy. And he's not homosexual. He's just a, a nice guy. I, I've been talking to him, too, uh, uh, Vincent. He got a beard, too. But he's a good guy. Amen. Lord bless the beard, dude. He said, I got two, I got, I got two, two uh, packages for you. He went and got me two, two cartons and brought them out there. You couldn't buy toilet paper. How many of you have been buying any meat lately? Any, anybody bought any meat? Raise your hand. Don't. don't. Yeah. How, how much is, is, is uh, ground meat? It was $1.98 a pound. How much is it now? $5.99 for just plain old ground meat. Amen. Everything that they swept off, off, you know, all of that, whatever. Oh, it ain't going to happen. What are you going to do? You know, my brother, back in 2000, he, 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 he thought it was all, you know, the, all of the uh, com- computers and the technology was going to uh, collapse and all of that. And so he talked me, and I, I drove him up to Mount Pelier up in, I don't know, up in Idaho, Wyoming, somewhere way up north there. And he bought several thousand dollars worth of stuff. He said, i got to have something to carry me through, you know, if this thing craters. I said, well, if i got to drive it. He rented a big old truck, and we went up there and got it. And I said, well, I might as well buy some. i still got some of that junk. Amen. They, my daughter and son-in-law tell me, you ought to get rid of that stuff. I tell you what, the stuff that was in those bags... The weevils got in the corn and all that, and it didn't last. Amen. But I'm going to tell you who I'm depending on. I'm depending on God to feed me. Amen. He's going to take care of me. You can't buy and you can't sell. Now then, oh, the price of oil went down to where they was paying people to, to take the oil. But now the price of oil is going back up. It's up. Forty, fifty dollars to get a barrel or whatever. You notice gas is going back up, dollar seventy nine a gallon. Amen. Wait, it'll be it'll be two dollars here in a few days, and it'll be back four dollars before you know it. Amen. <clears throat> Can't buy or sell unless you've got it. You're right in your right hand and in your forehead. What, what are we going to do? How, how are they going to do that? How what's they got them little chips. Put it in your... That little chip will tell everything. There was a woman used to come to church here. She quit coming because I bought a computer. I didn't know how to run a computer. And she said, I ain't coming back to church here because that computer knows everything about you. And I don't want no, that thing to, to tell everything about me. So she, never, she ain't never come back because of that computer that I bought. That computer only knows what they put in it. But let me tell you, they're putting stuff in it now. Amen. You, you, you can't even do anything with that. They already know everything there is about you. Take that chip and put it in your hand. Then you can go down there. But my Bible tells me that if you have that number or that name, it's going to take your name out of the book of life. In Second Thessalonians 2 and 3, Let no man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come except they're falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, 
or that is worshipped so that he is God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The Antichrist is coming. See, oh no, there's, there, there is a, I wouldn't say 50%, but there is people in America today that are absolute God-haters. They're baby killers. Amen. They're homosexuals. They're murderers. Oh, my goodness, don't, don't, don't get the virus because I'll kill you. But they can kill a half a million babies a year and don't worry about it. Amen. And they don't bother them at all to kill, to kill unborn babies. And they don't even have to wait till they're not born. They wait till they get born and then they take and kill them after they're born and say that was all right. What kind of world are we living in? Amen. What I'm trying to tell you is this. The 70th week is coming. It's going to be here. And you can't live for God. My Bible tells me if you run with a walk with a footman, how are you going to run with a horseman? You can't come to church on Wednesday night. You can't come to church on Sunday morning. You can't live for God for, for more for more than two weeks at a time. You can't make your mind up that heaven is worth working for. You're going to wait until it, the end comes and then say, I'm just... Uh, uh, whatever happens and happens. Look, I'm trying to make reservation today, every day. Amen. I I'm praying that He'll Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He said, except you believe that I am He, you shall die in your sin. Amen. Thou shalt have no other God before thee. I'm going to tell you the world's in trouble because their God's in trouble. Their God's in trouble. Their, their God can't help them. They're, they're in a quandary. They don't know what to do. They don't know whether to have only 50 days of baseball season or 70 days of baseball season. Their God just ain't answering their prayer. Amen. They don't know what to do about their football God. Amen. He can't answer their prayer. I'm going to tell you that's the reason I know who my God is. And His name is Jesus. Amen. And He has never left me. And He hasn't forsaken me. Thank God for my God. And His name is Jesus. Their God don't answer prayer. Their football God. Their golf God. Their basketball God. Can't answer their prayer. What are we to do? Where are we? What's going to happen? I'm going to tell you where we are. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Well, let, let me finish this other. Because he's coming. If, if any part of this book is right, all of it's right. Don't tell me part of it's right and part of it's wrong. Don't tell me a little bit of God's Word is right and the rest of it don't mean anything. Every bit of it's right. Seventy weeks are coming. Get ready. You can't stop it. It's happening. I cannot do one thing about my bald head. I could get a, a toupee and put it on, but when it falls off, I'm still as bald-headed as I was when I went to bed. I can't do one thing about tomorrow. All I can do is what I have today. He said, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the spirit of his mouth, destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, 
that they might be saved, that they might that they might be saved, and that for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Believe it if you want to, but you ought to pray that God would let you believe the truth rather than be damned. Amen. I pray to God that the truth of God, amen, the 70th week, sure, it's going to happen. But I'm not worried about it because he is the one that said I'm coming back after a church that has made itself ready. Amen. And the church that is called by my name. Amen. That's the reason we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. The name of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm over my time. But let, let me leave, leave you with this. There's some more here, but I, I'm, I'm going to. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her tongue. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, how shall I hang my harp in the willow? There's some more here, but I, I, I've got to quit. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, if the church ever had a song, we've got a song. And let me, let me tell you this. Don't wait until it's too late. Amen. Believe Him while you can. Put what you've been taught, what you've been preached to, all of your life, put it to work. Live for God. Get right with God. Ask God for forgiveness. Believe Him. He's coming back. Seventy weeks is going to take place. Now, I'll just give you my interpretation. In the midst of this 70th week, everything is going to be wonderful. The man of sin. You see, this pandemic, this virus, did not only happen in America. It happened in every country in the world. So the man of sin will have place take place for every country in the world. It will be a worldwide Savior. Brother, if they can, you know, oh, Fauci, isn't that his name? Fauci, the guy that's supposed to know everything, don't know squat. Amen. That's, that's trying to lead the country. Amen. But they're listening to him. They're, they want somebody to come up with a solution to this, this virus. And, and, and somebody will. They'll have. But there's, there's coming a time. When one man will step up and say, I've got the solution. Got the healing for the sick. I've got the solution to feed everybody in the world. All of this. That's the man that we want to be. It it ain't going to be Trump. It ain't going to be Biden. It ain't going to be anybody else. It's going to be one man that's going to step up. And for three and a half years, it's going to be good. But in the middle of it, he's going to step up and say, no more church. I'm God. I'm the one that saved everybody. I'm the one that took care of you. I'm the one that fed you. I'm the one that brought peace to the world. And for three and a half years, my Bible tells me there's going to be tribulation, great tribulation that the world has not seen, nor will ever see again. But he's coming back after church. That's the reason we have church That's right. on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. 
That's the reason that Brother Luper takes time with these young people, puts something in their heart, in their life. That's the reason that we come out here and worship and praise God. And that's the reason you had to sit and listen to me carry on this morning. Do what you want. Live the life you want to live. It's yours. But I'm going to tell you, 70 weeks is coming. This 70th week, mark it down. If, it, if, if I die before it gets here and, and it don't come dig me up and throw me out there in the field and say he lied. But if I die before it gets here, if I'm here when it comes, you go over there to my tombstone and say, Brother Duplessis, you was right. Seventy weeks did come, and this man of sin is here. Now, you boys, listen to me. And I wouldn't... i got to quit. God bless you. Lord bless you. Come back. Brother Luper. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand and lift our hands toward...